Amen. Amen. There it is. It works when I turn the right button on. Good morning, everybody. It is a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Who's ready for the Word of God today? You know, I was, uh, like everybody else, watching, watching the weather forecast and wondering what in the world. And, you know, I was remembering back to last year, prior to this, I think it happened a few weeks earlier, last year when we had that incredible cold snap. And uh, I, was, I was laughing because, you know, as we've all done, uh, how many people, let me just, let me rephrase it. How many of you have already went out and been a part of the craziness of getting eggs and milk and bread? Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the, y'all that raise your hand, y'all lie because I'm telling you, it was nuts out there. My wife talked me into going to Sam's, ho- the Sam's Club yesterday. That was ridiculous. And then she said, while we're out, I need to go to Walmart. I said, okay, I'm staying in the car. You go to Walmart. I've done the Sam's thing. That's about all I can handle. It has been crazy out there. And I do want to tell you this, too. Uh, you know, we do need to be weather aware. It is, uh, I know we're in Tennessee, and this is winter in Tennessee. But please be careful this week. Watch out for your neighbors. Watch out for your family. If, you're, if you've been involved in a small group and, and you have some older people that are part of that group, make sure you're checking on them, our widows and people like that. We need to make sure that we're making every effort to make sure they've got what they need through all of this. The last thing we want to hear about is it's one of our elderly people or somebody in our church family that's suffering without heat or suffering without food through this time. or anything. No, no. We want to take care of those matters in the best way that we can. So if there's a need, we need to know about it. So be watching out for your brothers and sisters, everybody. We do life together, right? Amen. Well, I'm excited to come to you this morning and and share just a little bit. We had a great time last night for uh, dinner for the Mosaic Calling, which is uh, Heaven and Michael Perkins' ministry in Uganda, and that's starting to go around the world. Such a great ministry, and uh, we are blessed to be a part, and I'm thankful for everybody uh, that bought tickets for their, for their dinner, so it was really wonderful. But today, as I get ready to share what God's put on my heart for today, we've been in a series called The Next Level. How many of you know, deep down, that God has more for you? Anybody understand that? I want you to grab that. Because you know what I really see so much, and some of it's the way we were raised, is we're reluctant to say there's another level for me to achieve. We're reluctant because we want to be like, well, I don't want to act like, you know, I'm God's favorite. I don't want to act like, you know, uh, that, that God blesses me and some other people don't get to go to that same level. I'll just stop it. Stop it. That's ridiculous. You are a child of the living God, right? And I liken it like to this. You know, uh, I've got three beautiful daughters. And, you know, when they, when they get blessed, I don't see my other daughters going, uh, really? Why are they being, I don't, I don't see that. It's like, Dad, you bought them a birthday present. 
And why didn't I get one? Well, because it's not your birthday, it's their birthday. <laughs> I don't hear that. Why? Because they celebrate each other. When one makes a special achievement or think we celebrate that. And I want you to know in the kingdom of God, it's the same way. Here's what I want to tell you. If somebody is looking down on you because you have big dreams and goals and you believe God's got something bigger for your life, then you know what? Step away and realize that there are people that God wants to put in your life that want to empower you to dream bigger and experience greater things for God. That's not selfish if you have God dreams and God goals. So I want to talk to you this morning about reaching higher. Reaching higher in, in this new year because here's the truth. We're all built to reach higher. Every one of us, it's wired in us to be better tomorrow than we are today. That's part of the growth process in our lives. But one of the challenges that I see so often is that people are reluctant. They're, in some ways, they're afraid to take that next step. And the question is why? Well, we're going to talk about that. But I'm also going to talk about that why is also the fuel that's going to help you get to where God wants you to be. So we're going to read the Word together today. So if you would, stand to your feet very quickly as we get ready to read the Word of God together and open your Bibles into the book of 1 John. 1 John, uh, it's not John the Gospel, we're in 1 John. You keep going past that, go bound down past Hebrews, you'll find the book of a little letter from 1 John. And turn to chapter 5. Chapter 5, and I want to read verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Now, that's a short passage. Let me read it again, and then we're going to read one more. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. In other words, our belief. Oh, we're going to get into that in just a minute. Now, let me take you back to the Old Testament to a passage back in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, I love this one because this is going to answer some of the questions that you may have. Let me just give you a quick 30-second picture of what's going on in Jeremiah's prayer as he gets an answer from God. He's asking God, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do you let evil trample on good? I mean, I, I'm going to ask, has anybody here ever had that question? Well, Jeremiah had the same question. And he's asking God, you know, why God, in other words, he's saying, and it was, let's be honest, usually when we ask that, we have to really check ourselves because a lot of times when we take that down to a, a micro level, a personal level, what we find is, God, I'm going through some stuff and I don't understand why. I'm giving, I'm serving, I'm living my best for you. And then I love the answer that Jeremiah gets, and it's in chapter 12. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5. If you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with the horses? I love this passage. And if in the land of peace in which you trusted they wearied you, then how will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan? That's what we're going to talk about today. 
I think you're going to get a lot out of this. Let's pray. Father, today for the next few moments, God, I pray you would speak to the hearts of your people. Lord, in a season of chaos around us, a time of wars, rumors of wars, and a time that we see your scriptures, the prophetic scriptures, coming to pass before our very eyes. Father, the question that we ask you today is to speak to our hearts about how we're supposed to be living. Help us see that it's, as this word is sown into the hearts of your people, let it bring back a harvest of good for all of us. And I pray this, God, as always, convict our hearts. Lord, don't let us leave here the same as we came. And that's what we pray finally, that God, when we leave our time together, we would leave changed. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. You can be seated. So I want to ask you a question. How many of you in the room today have faced some difficult things? Anybody? Oh, see, I love this. You know, it's a 100% question, right? We've all faced some difficulty. And I think uh, if we begin to really boil down into it, dig down into it, the term that we would look at is called adversity. Adversity. Now, one thing I can tell you is that none of us like adversity if you're sane, right? I mean, none of us, uh, sometimes it seems like we go looking for trouble, but I don't think anybody likes having to deal with challenges and things that are bigger than what we can take care of ourselves. One of the great challenges we have in life is understanding this adversity. And I think this is why so many of us are reluctant to take that next step of faith, to trust God deeper, to believe bigger, to get past yesterday, because to get past yesterday, we have to deal with the pain of yesterday today. You know, or to take that next step of faith, it requires us not having all the answers at that moment. Or it's just the literal moving past obstacles and giants in our lives that are in between where we are and where we want to be, where we need to be, where we know God's called us to be. So as we look at adversity, I just wrote a definition. It's a kind of a combo definition of adversity. Adversity, a state or instance of serious or continued difficulty or misfortune that may seem greater than our ability to resolve. I love that, that continued problems, that continued difficulty. And I think, you know, it's like, I know me personally, you know, if you run into an issue and you can resolve it quickly and it's like, man, that hurt. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. And you can resolve it quickly. You know, it's like, hey, I'm going to go to that brother. I'm going to go to that sister and say, look, look, that offended me or I'm not carrying this. I'm taking care of this. Those are easy. What about the things that seem near impossible? What about the things that are simply bigger than we are? How do we deal with that? Right? How do we deal with that? Because here is the issue. And uh, I don't really have any other way to say it. I hadn't really pre-thought how I want to say this particular thing. But, you know, the problem is, is that in America in particular, in this day and age, one of the issues that we have is that we have cultivated and grown a crop of believers who are very weak in their stand 
They're very weak in, you know, it's like when the enemy comes against them, they're like, they crumble instead of doing what Scripture says. When the Scripture says, when the enemy comes against me, when the devil pours out everything against me, then I stand and, and I raise up a standard. And when that standard comes up, that's what God does. Some of us never get to the raising the standard part. Because as soon as we bump that place, it reminds us of some pain. It reminds us, that hurt, I don't want to do that again. I don't ever want to feel that again. But what if the very thing that you're reluctant from, the very thing that you're stepping back from instead of into, is the very thing that God said, I want to use this to get you to the next level that I have for you. I need you to confront yesterday so that you can get to where you need to be. I need you to not be afraid to be who God's called you to be. This is the lesson that we can learn from Jeremiah, is understanding. He's asking the question, if the footmen, if the people have worn you out, how are you going to stand and run with the horses? Right? Because here's what he's saying. This is small. The things that I have for you are far greater but here's the difference about levels, and you need to understand this. Every time you go to a different level, there's going to be new challenges. You know, another level, another devil. You know, it's like it's, it's coming. And here's what I've learned in my journey. That the longer I walk this and the face, the face the challenges that come, when God increases your vision, he also brings you through trials and tribulations that empower you with wisdom and stamina for what's coming next. The problem with believers a lot of times is that we don't have the gumption, we don't have the uh, tenacity to stand up in difficult times. In other words, we've created a soft culture of believers when we as believers are supposed to be warriors. We're supposed to be ambassadors for Christ. We're supposed to be revealing to the world who God is, who Jesus has called us to be. And I can tell you this right now, Jesus was not passive. When we talk about spiritual warfare, the battles that rage, and what we read through the New Testament even, we know that this is not a weak need thing. This is a warrior thing. But yet, when we hit the tough times, when we hit challenges, I see people give up because, well, this person offended me. I see people give up because they run into a wall of like, well, I really thought God was going to do this, and, and you know, I lost this contract, or I did this, or this. I thought this was going to go this way, and it's like, well, you know what? Then God just doesn't trust me. Are you kidding me? The greatest things in life have challenges. I mean, let me ask you something. How many of you in this house today are married? Okay, how many of you have been married for more than a year? All right, then guess what? You face some challenges, right? You face some things that seem impossible, but it's better. You know, there, there are things in my life. I've been married, me and Tawana have been married over 32, 30, 32 years, right? Is that, yeah, okay, 32. That's okay. She, we, this is a thing, but we never know. Either one of us. We always have to look at each other and guess. But we have to do the math. But anyway, here's what I can tell you. Is that the great things in our life and in our marriage that we experience now, we couldn't experience when we were younger and hadn't gone through some things together. 
Because now when the storms come, there's not a question of like, well, if it gets bad, what's going to happen? See, some of you are going through the things in your relationships where you're afraid to face the storm because if the storm comes, then they're going to leave me. They're not going to stay. See, what happens when you persevere and you stay, the, the stay doesn't become a question anymore. It's just a given. There is no going back. It's called commitment. And see, that's what I want you to see. The next level is going to require commitment in areas of your life that you struggle with. In other words, if you're battling with small temptations that just keep taking you down, that, that temptation that you keep giving into is going to be the thing that keeps you from the next level of faith that God has for you. Because you're unwilling, let's just call it what it is, you're unwilling to crucify that part of your flesh. You say, well, why would anybody not want to crucify that part of their flesh so they could go to the next level? Because we're selfish. We want what we want. We have our flesh. But what I can tell you in this moment is what we have to do is say, God, I don't want anything in between me. Whatever that adversity is, I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to confront it. I'm going to walk through it knowing that if you've brought me to something, you're going to equip me to get through it. You'll always make, the Bible even talks about a way of escape. God cares about his people. He's watching over you. He's got you covered. The problem is we don't trust him deep enough into the circumstance. So today, I just want to give you three quick key thoughts that I believe will, will help you and something for you to understand, for you to get to the next level. The first one is this. Every champion must reconcile their fear of pain with their desire to win the race that's set before them. You've got to reconcile your fear of pain because the truth in life is this. Your threshold of pain is the limiter of how far you can go in whatever you want to accomplish. That fear becomes the lid of your life. And if you can't raise that threshold of pain, you're never going to accomplish everything God's called you to accomplish. If you aren't willing to say, you know what? I know that God's got more for me, and these, these friend relationships that I got have with people who are not Christians, if it's dragging me down and I'm afraid to let go of them because they're my friends, I'll be alone. If you can't deal with the pain of shifting that and doing as the word says, you know, uh, have nothing to do with those of the darkness, our job is to be a light to the darkness, right? I'm not telling you not to uh, have those people in your life, but if they are in your life and they're pulling you back, you've got to find a separation. But if you're not willing to do that because you're afraid of being alone, then how will you ever get to the place that God has called you to walk in the authority that the world needs you to walk in, that the kingdom of God desires for you to walk in? So we have to understand, we've got to set our, we've got to reconcile our fear of pain with our desire to win the race that's set before us because we all have one. I love this. The size of your problem will reveal the size of your future. The challenge that you're facing is representative of what God's leading you to. If it seems impossible, do you know what's going to, God's going to use that. God's got something great, but you've got to be saying, I'm going to deal with it. 
I'm going to deal with the pain. I'm not going to let the pain control me. Even when we're talking about physical things. I'm not going to let my issues keep me from rising to the next level, no matter what that looks like. It's a commitment. It's a decision. It's a place where we make a, a choice. I'm not going to stop now. I mean, think about it. David would never have been King David if he didn't have a Goliath. Well, what about, what about Peter? When Peter walked on water, I mean, I don't know if there's, I don't think anybody in here has walked on water, right? No, no. Why did that happen? There was a storm. If there hadn't been a storm, Peter may have never, ever walked on water and did what no other man other than Jesus has ever done. What I'm trying to tell you is that the storms are indicative of the fact that God has something great for you, and it's in the middle of that storm, that adversity, that God's saying, if you'll stand true, if you'll believe on me, if you'll trust me and keep pushing forward, no matter what it looks like, no matter how you feel, I will take you to that place that changes everything. And the question is, how bad do we want it? When I met Tawana, we were really good friends. When we started dating, and after we'd dated for a while, and I realized I don't think there's anybody else on the planet that can tolerate me. <laughs> I better grab this woman while I can. No, no. When, when I realized this is the woman I want to spend the rest of my life with, I realized there were some sacrifices that I had to make. One of those sacrifices, the little black book has to go away. Right? Now, don't tell me y'all don't know what the little black book is. I'm not talking about the Bible, just so you know. It's like, you know, the, the relationships that weren't conducive to marriage, they had to go. There were sacrifices. You know, it seems like you just say, well, when you get married, you sacrifice your freedom. Well, you kind of do. Because no longer are you just responsible for you. Now, you're responsible for each other. But the sacrifice is greater than your life after the sacrifice is greater than your life after the sacrifice. But too many of us are so afraid to take that step of faith. You were afraid to do that because we realize, you know what, if there is a storm, I just don't, I mean, I, okay, here's how I can say it. Too many of us just want to avoid the storm, whatever the cost avoid the storm. Whatever the cost, avoid the conflict. Whatever the cost, let's know, I don't want to have that conversation because it's uncomfortable. I don't want to deal with my conviction because it's uncomfortable. I don't want to have the conversation with my spouse that needs to be had so that we can have peace because it's uncomfortable. Somebody's not going to be happy or some. You've got to learn that your next level is on the other side of the adversity that you're afraid of. People say, Pastor, you only take it to a spiritual level. It's like, you know, look, Pastor, I, I, I don't know about the whole Holy Ghost thing. I don't know about all those things. And it's what I tell everybody. You know what? This is a journey. My prayer is that as we walk together, you'll become that person that goes, you know what? I want more and I want more and I want more. I want to experience what God has for me. And I believe God will meet you at that place when you're ready. But what I'll also tell you is this. A lot of people are afraid to step deeper into the things of God. They don't want, you don't want to talk about the prophetic. We don't want to talk about uh, the gifts. We don't want to talk about those things because they make us uncomfortable. The problem is, is how can we ever become what God wants us to be 
if we never confront our fears. The one thing I can tell you is that if the word of God speaks of it, then I want it. Because if it speaks of it, that means I need it. And I'll tell you, sometimes it's cakes stepping out of your comfort zone. You know, sometimes in a service, and when we're talking about a, a church service, when we're in a church service uh, and there's a, a moment and you feel like, I, I, need to, I need to go to the altar. A lot of people never get the breakthrough that they wanted because the Holy Spirit was drawing them to the altar but they were afraid because, well, if I go to the altar, everybody's watching me. Can I tell you something? If the Lord has drawn you to the altar for a reason, there's a breakthrough on the other side of that. And who cares, first of all, what anybody thinks because all of us have had an altar experience. The people in here that are, I'm just telling you, when they see somebody walking to the altar, they're going, praise God, man, thank you. There's another one. There's another one. They walked the same path I walked. They made it. Sometimes there's a breakthrough in that. But I, I just want you to understand that that pressure is important, and you need to understand. <laughs> and I, I just, maybe this isn't good news, but you're going to have, you know, a couple days stuck in your house to think about it. Is this that your next level will require opposition? Your next level is going to require opposition. So let me give you some good news. All right? So it's this. This is the next key thought. Your faith in Jesus secures your victory in overcoming the world. Oh, guys, this, this is powerful. Because I want to give you hope to know that whatever you're fighting, the Word of God says, if you believe in Christ, the victory's already assured. So you can step in confidence knowing that no matter what you're confronted with, the victory is already won. Now, some of you are acting like you're already frozen. It's not even that cold yet. But I don't know about you. When I'm facing some battles and I'm facing some things and somebody says, I'm reminding you of what the Bible says that says that it's your faith in God that has assured your victory. I don't know if I can hardly sit there because maybe you haven't been through stuff like I've been through. Maybe you hadn't had battles like I have. I'm guessing you have. But I can tell you this, I don't care what anybody thinks. When, when I'm thinking about the victories that God's given me, I'm praising God. I do not deserve what God has given me. I don't deserve a wonderful wife who loves me and deals with me. I don't deserve three kids that love Jesus with all their hearts, that raise their families in the house of the Lord. I don't deserve all the health that we've been given. I don't deserve to get to shepherd and pastor one of the greatest congregations of people that I believe are in this world. I don't deserve it. So when I say these things, I'm telling you, I, I almost want to come out of my skin because the victory is in the belief. It's in our confidence of who God says he is. It's the faith that, to believe that Jesus has already made a way for you that shifts everything. So let me take you back to that first scripture. Let's go back to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. I just want to show you something. Because too many times we read scripture and then we just kind of run past it. We, just, we, we read it and we get some general idea. For whatever is born of God, overcomes the world. Let's just stop right there for a moment. Let's read that again. For whatever is born of God, 
Let's shorten it to get a little more concise. Whatever. What is whatever? Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So is it just Jesus? Because he was born of God, right? Yeah? Well, I gave my life to Jesus. So the Bible, the way we, talk, we consider that being born again, so wouldn't that mean that I'm born of God if I'm walking in God? So if clay is born of God, he overcomes the world. Oh, oh let's, let's just let's change it. Whatever thought is born of God overcomes the world. Uh, let's just keep going for a minute. So whatever action is born of God, whatever, whatever desire is, see, it says whatever, and I went to different translations. It doesn't say it much different anywhere else. Whatever is born of God brings victory. Whatever is born of God, whatever dream, whatever goal, whatever vision, whatever purpose, and let me help you here, whatever person is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Not your status, not your experience, not your popularity, not how many likes you got on your Instagram post. And for all of you crazy people that still have TikTok, you're, I won't even go there. The victory comes when we put our faith in who God is and who he's called us to be. I don't know about you, but I look back sometimes and I think, if not for the grace of of God. <laughs> I know that's my story. If not for the grace of God. Let me, let me give you one more. The adversities in which you remain faithful, the adversities in which you remain faithful will be the fuel for the future that God has planned for you. In other words, the battle that you're fighting right now is the fuel that's going to get you to that great place that God has for you. Maybe in your marriage, you're struggling. You're both believers. You're both trying to serve God. You know, I, and I know how that is. It can be up and down and up and down. But here's, here's what I want you to know. The struggle that you're walking through, if you'll remain faithful to God in the struggle, it will be the fuel that elevates you to the next thing that God has for you. The next level of anointing that God has for your life. In your financial life, all these things, this, this works across the board. But my greatest concern for you is obviously your spiritual life. Because if we gain everything in this world, what good is it if we lose our soul? So in your heart today, as we sit in this place, I want to encourage you, you've got to push past the doubt. You've got to push past the fear and sometimes we just literally have to change our perspective. I wonder if David, looking back over his life, looked back at Goliath and went, God, thank you for Goliath. Because Goliath taught me something. Are you willing to thank God for the adversity 
that's been brought into your life. I'm not telling you that it's fun. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I sit there and I know so many of you so, so dearly and, and so closely, and I'm looking around. I've seen y'all, I've seen some of the people in this room go, some, go through some incredibly difficult circumstances. And I can tell you right now, there wasn't a one of them that was going, this is wonderful. I just love this life. I am so blessed. You know, it's like you hear people say, I'm blessed and highly favored. You know, it's like sometimes I'm watching people go through something, and I know they are, and I say, how you doing? They go, I'm blessed and highly favored. I said, mm-hmm. You better confess something. But what I'm telling you, though, is that in their hearts, they're saying, no, this is not fun. I do not like this one bit. That's what I like, honesty. People say, no, no, I just want to confess. Sometimes I just want to be honest. And say, no, no, my knee hurts so bad I can't walk today. Or, no, I don't like this fact that, that they're, I'm having to do this to get this. And you know what? I'm a little irritated about it today. I'm really struggling with this today. But it may be a struggle, but I will not surrender. Because I know on the other side, this is the perspective shift, that on the other side of this, I'm going to thank God. What happens if we start thanking God, if we can get ahead of the game, and as we're going through it, we can truly look at it and go, God, I don't understand this, but I know you're going to turn it around for good. You're going to turn it around for good. There's going to be some purpose for this, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, God, thank you for what I'm about to learn. <laughs> you're going, okay, but it's real. It's that confidence that we talk about. It's changing the perspective. And let me share one last scripture with you this morning. In Deuteronomy, I love this passage because it's talking about the people of God who's wandered in the desert. They just can't get it together. It did not need to take as long as it took, but they ended up taking 40 years. A generation had to die before they were able to walk into the promised land. Why? Because of doubt, fear, and unbelief. What would happen if we stopped that? And here's what he says right here in Deuteronomy chapter 1, just two verses for sake of time. In verse 6, it says, The Lord our God has spoke to us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough at this mountain. You've dwelt long enough at that mountain. You complained about your situation long enough. What does he say after that? He goes on in verse 8 and says, see, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. In other words, he's saying the promise is still there. I've given you the promise, but you can't access the promise while you're staying in your mountain. He says, no, no, you stay here long enough. So what is it in your life that you need to leave behind? What is it in your life, the adversity that has kept you locked in to a, a level that you know is not everything that God has for you? Is it because you don't think that you're special? 
Is it because you think that you don't measure up to that level? Is it because you've been beaten down so long that you can't even hardly believe that you're worth God trusting you with a new level? Here's what I would tell you. The devil is a lie. Because your past should not be the dictator of what your future is. I don't care what you did in the past. I don't care what those things look like. If you know, I'm just telling you right now, God changes things. And God uses our mistakes for his glory at our next level. And what somebody else says about you does not matter. It does not matter. The only thing that matters, what does God think about you? And we have an entire book of his word that says, this is what I think of you. You're worth it. So much so that as Grant Ross said in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Think about that. And then goes on to say, he didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. That is what he thinks of you. Enough to give you a pathway to live a life that's greater than anything you ever knew, that you've ever dreamed or imagined. In 1 Corinthians, there's a passage that, passage that says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard the wonders of what God is preparing for those that believe in him. And usually when I've heard that scripture, I hear it in funerals. I mean, my dad used that scripture every funeral all the time. And whenever I would hear that scripture, I'm always thinking of death and heaven. But you know, it doesn't say that. What I want you to grab from that to combine with what we've read today is to know this. No eye has seen, no ear has heard the beauty and greatness of what God has for those who believe in him. Faith. Our faith in God is our victory, and it's ensured. So persevere. Stand strong. Even when the answer that you want is not the answer that you see. Stay true. Because we live in a year right now. We're all just waiting for the next shoe to drop, right? It's an election cycle. We know the craziness is just getting ramped up. And we also know that when that happens, the world kind of goes sideways. And I'm telling you, we live in a moment where your commitment to what you believe cannot be trifled with. Do not take it lightly. Stand strong. Persevere. And know that your next level is on the other side of this battle. And you're going to make it. You're going to make it, but you'll never know if you give up. Push past the doubt. Push past the fear. And let God elevate you. That's what he created you for. 
to grow.